welcome to episode 95 of In The Move, the podcast with me, Callum Reid of UltimateAddy.com. Uh, Peter Shepherd of In The Move, the blog, blog.co.uk and... Hi, I'm back. That's <laughs> <laughs> Rini, That's Rini yes. Hello. Of Greece. Thank you for having yes. me. Of Greece, yes. Of Piraeus. Of Piraeus. <laughs> and Olympiakos fanatic. Yay. Yeah, who, can, can we have a go at you guys for not no, knocking no, out sh- Man For not what? Shut up, don't. Beating Man United. <laughs> well, they did beat Man United. They beat Man yes, United absolutely fantastically. Yes, here. Mm. <laughs> My dad travelled, actually travelled to Manchester for the for the second game. And he didn't he take you did. with him? No, I couldn't go. But it turns out well, yeah. it was for the best, yeah. <laughs> did you go to the home game? And no, I couldn't go. That was, yes, that was full. Okay. Um, while we're on sport... <laughs> really? This week there was a big victory for my team against Pete. <laughs> the, the, well, the victory was um, for um, uh, Jose for the post-match press conference where he said how wonderful the refereeing was. <laughs> he said I pre- congratulated them all for what, a marvellous performance and my brother actually thought he was being serious. Mm. <laughs> I was like, no, Andy, he's being completely sarcastic. <laughs> He's raging inside, you could tell. Well, because about three weeks ago he said, I'm not going to say anything bad about the referee because I don't want to get fined, and he still got fined. <laughs> <laughs> so this one just came out and said, congratulations on a wonderful performance. And that's all right then. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, you guys do need it more than us, quite frankly. Yeah. The three points. The three Agreed. Points, I mean. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and are we going to have a... A silent moment for David Moyes. <laughs> well, well, it's that's just well, David who? <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, All right, has anyone got any um, other news of the week apart from Cam? Um, nothing major. Nothing major. Well, I, um, okay. Um, my brother tried to get my little nephew to watch Toy Story uh, the other day. And so he put the because he's wondering if he's because he loves the Gruffalo and Gruffalo's child, so he's into like animated shorts. He'll sit through a half-hour TV show, uh, and so Andy tried to get him to watch Toy Story. Now I had warned him that a friend of mine, with a, when his when my friend of mine's son was about um, my nephew's age, he, he tried to watch Toy Story too, and he'd been in floods of tears when um, oh. uh, Buzz Lightyear's arm falls off. Oh, so, so I was, <laughs> yeah. So Andy starts watching it, and so the reason he was trying to get uh, uh, my nephew to watch it was because my nephew's really into dinosaurs, and of course you've got the dinosaur toy in Toy Story. So of course all the, all that Jack wants to do is like say, "Oh, there's the dinosaur, there's the dinosaur," and um, I've completely forgotten why I was telling this uh, direction. <laughs> yes, I only noticed for the first time that while someone's having a go at Mr. Potato Head, he takes his lips off and starts putting them on his backside <laughs> about three <laughs> or four times. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. <laughs> I haven't noticed that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's brilliant. I didn't notice that either. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about Can. Who knows the Can lineup? Not me. I do. <laughs> I, I, I came that. prepared. Yeah, I was going to say this is just seeing who is actually. Well, well if we're being, <laughs> there's no point in being professional. We're not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I'm prepared. I've got. Out of competition and in competition, I haven't got in certain regard. Arena, I was going to say, what about in certain regard? You've got that as well? Yep. Okay, well, you can you can have your moment about that after the competition. Hang on, shouldn't I actually get this up? Because 
without sounding too much of a tosser about it, there might be something that I, I that brings that comes to my attention that you guys wouldn't necessarily know would come to my attention. Okay. Well, first so of gonna... all, we're good. Uh, the out of competition films. The opening film is Grace of Monaco, which everybody knew about, mm-hmm. and apparently it is uh, Olivia Dan's own cut that looks like it'll be the theatrical cut, or at least yeah. the. Oh, it'll can. be theatrical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is anyone excited for this? Sadly, Naomi no. Watts. No. See if it's see if uh, Kidman will regret it more than she <laughs> does to Diana. That's truly not. Do you think? She's actually come out and publicly said that now. Really? She regrets making it, yeah. <laughs> what, because of the quality of the film? Or because... I don't know, but I mean, she was clearly on... After the Simon Mayo thing, she was clearly yeah. really defensive on it anyway. Yeah. But, uh... Um, also out of competition is Coming Home, the new Zhang Yimou film, starring Gong Li, in Which English. Was... I don't know how he does it. I mean, well, with 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 your ex, when you, when your ex girlfriend is Gong Li, I don't know how I don't know how he does it. How you go on leaving, right? <laughs> yeah, well, a that, a that, <laughs> and then torture yourself by going into work every day. And hi, he still gets to see her. Do, do you think he just slips her a mixtape while she's in the was <laughs> in the trailer? Shocking <laughs> memories. <laughs> I'm devastated about this because I had money uh, on it with uh, my friend uh, that it would be the opening film in Venice this year. Uh, we had a bet and I was sure it would be coming home. So I'm really, really sad about it going to Cannes. I think the odds uh, were against you there, really. Yeah, yeah, but now because I'm convinced, I have a vision that it's going to be an Asian film opening Cannes this year. There's a John Woo film with uh, Zhang Ziyi and Takeshi Kaneshiro. So my right. money's there now. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, your money's literally there. <laughs> yeah. Takeshi's, Takeshi's on the case. <laughs> okay, um, next, in competition, um, this is the order they were announced by uh, Alphabetical by Director. So, Olivia Zayas film Clouds of Sea Maria, starring Juliette Binoche and Kristen Stewart. And Chloe Moritz. Yeah. She's so supposed, she's supposed to be the now? lead. I was too busy actually scrolling um, the Cannes Film Festival lineups. So, what, what are we talking about now? <laughs> Clouds of Sea Maria? Is it Sea? No, what, 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 we're in competition or what? In, in oh, competition, can, oh, yeah. Okay, SAS, right, yeah, marvellous. I'm with you. <laughs> so, Chloe Moretz is the lead of this. Yeah, she's the young actress that Binoche is jealous of. Oh, God. That's, Don't get us started. <laughs> Don't get us started. God. That's just against God. <laughs> it sounds insane. I'm very curious to see what it is. Cast very, against very type, curious. then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Chloe Moretz, I have to say. So I, I like her. Oh. oh my god, I've just noticed that the next one, um, Saint Laurent, has actually got Leia Seydoux in it. And Gaspar That's the. And Jeremy Renier. Yeah, it's pretty good cast. Your boy, your your boys, Gaspard and Louis. <laughs> oh yes, Brigadellism too. It's funny that this is coming out just very soon after the other one. About... The other one was a disaster. Was it bad? It looks, uh, uh, it's yes, out around. It's, it's out about now. It's out about now around here. It just looks terrible. But Gaspar, it... I think, would do a good job on it. Yeah, and the director is much more interesting. Uh, uh, this one, Bonello, but not Bonello, yeah. What's his name? Uh, what's he done? Did you see the House of Pleasures? Yes, it was, a very, it was yes, wonderful. It was... 
That it was sounds very like beautiful. a seventies porn film. It was the yes. film about the yes. prostitutes that I. It was oh, in God. the red light district. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> Is that where it's set as well? <laughs> it's very moody and stylish and beautiful, and I'm, it, he fits uh, the subject more than the other guy. It's very I don't French. Remember his name. Mm. Uh, next one is Winter Sleep, Nuri Bilge Selan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we, we, you liked um, uh, Anatolia much more than I did. Yeah, I thought it was great. And I loved, and I loved, uh, I liked um, uh, Climates more than you did. Mm. Mm. And I loved Three Monkeys. Which I've not seen. I think that's his best. And Uzak's quite good as well. But this one's 196 minutes. Which is longer than Anatolia. God. So is he act- <laughs> Is he what? I was gonna say is he acting in it? <laughs> I have no idea. Because he was in um Climates, wasn't he? Or was it his wife in Climates? Both? Him and his wife in Climates? Anyway. I'm not sure. No. Um okay, next one, Maps to the Stars. This is the David Cronenberg's The Player. Um Oh, is, God, really? is what the 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 um can director said, uh, starring Robert Pattinson and Julianne Moore, and Julianne Moore. as a vamp oh, actress. God. Do I have to watch this? She... I can't believe I've got to watch a John Cusack and Robert Pattinson film for <laughs> Julianne. You have to see the trailer. She's so amazing in it. It's she looks extremely dramatic and extremely mad and extremely not like her. It's it's really good. Really oh, it's Magnolia style, dramatic. No, did you see the trailer? It, no, it's more, I didn't. No. It's like vamp. I don't know how to describe it. Just well, like Kidman uh, in Moulin Rouge. Camp. Camp, yes, but in a good way. Mm. It, it looked it looked good. Mm. Um, we have the next one is the Dardens again. Second week in a row. <laughs> Two days, one night. Uh, the Belgian Western with Marion Cotillard. Good God. Mm. Mm. It's, it's unlike them to go for a star. So, hmm. I wonder if that's a good thing in that it, they've got something really amazing that really requires some talent or that they just need to get the money raised and so they said, who wants it? Which really big... Um, French-speaking actors wants to do it. Mm. I don't know. I mean, she she kind of tends to pick... I was going to say yeah. she tends to pick good projects, but she doesn't really... She <laughs> no, picks no, no. nine. Yeah, well, considering that um, uh, that Russell Crowe thing was on last night. Oh, good, good year. year. That's so yes. cute. Oh, that's so cute. Oh. Come on. So, you it's know cute. what? I didn't hate it. It's I cute. did not hate it. Oh, God. <laughs> and the next one, um, Irini, do you want to talk about the next guy? Yes. Mommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new epic from Xavier Dolan. Yes. I can't, I can't wait for it. I'm very happy that the it's... epic, surely. It's, it's epic, yes, because I was so worried when I saw that Tom at the Farm was 93 minutes after, I don't know how long Lawrence anyways was. Too long. Was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. This one is 140 minutes, so yes, it's going to be an epic too. Um, Size matters, people. No, I think <laughs> I think the president, when he announced it, I think he said that it wasn't 140 minutes; it was actually less. It was actually two oh. hours something, and that that was oh. a misprint or something like that. 
104 maybe. <laughs> so I, th- no, I think it's like two hours five or something. So it's not. I don't think it's that bad. Because right. I remember wow. thinking, mm. I trust him. Whatever he does, I'm very excited. I d- I think you... he doesn't act. He doesn't act in this, right? I don't think so. I think it's like a cameo again. So that's encouraging. <laughs> Irini was very upset about the Tom at the Farm review. Oh my god, yes. Let me complain about that because I'm... Like, oh, I didn't see it! No, 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 no. I was mad at Cal. I yelled at him because he said that the film starts with him knocking at the door and sn- it does not start like that. Well, it kind of the does. Film- no, it does not. So this is his Roger Ebert moment where he can't actually remember no, the film No, no, properly. no. It, because he, pro- he remembers it right but he does not understand understand it. I'm sorry, I'm so... So it is angry right now. Yes. <laughs> Never the invite films, Greeks on the podcast. <laughs> the film starts with the most incredible cover of the windmills of your mind. And the whole mood and the whole... Everything depends on that opening moment. It does not start with him knocking on the door. He knocks on the door, and I don't know, in 30 seconds in. But the first 30 seconds, that's what makes a difference. That's why you didn't oh. get the movie. <laughs> I've just been owned. I've just been owned there. I know you just you just <laughs> don't want to fight back. See, I could I couldn't get away with saying that to him. <laughs> in I fact, was... what I'm going to do in future, I'm going to invite you on, email you my criticisms of Cal's reviewing technique, <laughs> and get to get you to spout off on him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. So anyway, where were we? Um, Can. Atom Egian is the next. Egoin, yes. He has the film called Captives, which stars. And his wife isn't in it. I've just looked at the, at the cast. Yeah. Is, who is that? So we've got. Arsene Kanjan, she's in like quite a few of his things. Um, she was uh, in The Sweet Hereafter. She's in Adoration. She's in um, a couple of others as well. But Bruce Greenwood, again. Yep. Scott Speedman, again. So he's using similar people. And then Ryan Reynolds. I like Ryan Reynolds. Shoot me dead. But I mean, it's get it's got picked for the competition. So does that mean it's above trashy thriller? Well, his or... well, his last one last one was just on demand, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't even get released properly. I didn't even know existence. And they hmm. okay, we'll ignore the next one and go straight to no, we won't. Shit, no, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> this is goodbye I, to language. <laughs> What a ridiculous That's... title! It is in three D. It's in three D. Yes, it's it's oh. a it's a ridiculous. Uh, it's a stunt move. You know to he's going to just here. be completely derisory of three um, D. God. Seventy minutes though, so that's a blessing. I'm amazed he's going to stretch it out that long. Mm. <laughs> First time in thirteen years he's been in the competition. <laughs> It's stupid first time, to first have time in here. thirty that he's been relevant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> this is the um, Hasnavicious uh, remake of a film I didn't want to see because <laughs> I was saving it, but I'm going to have to see right. it. Which is, have you seen it, anyone? No, no. The Search, which is Fred no. Zinnemann film. No, but um, Zinnemann doing a western, I'd be interested in. Hmm. Well, no, it's not a western. It's oh, a... this one's just a western. It's it's. Oh, I thought it was about Monty it... Clift in the war. Uh... Oh, is it the war? I just assumed it was. I was just thinking it's the searches. Oh right. No, I think it's about. I think he's a prisoner of war or something. All right. So okay. Um, but is is Bejo in this? She's. Yeah. Yarmila Novotna. That's like a combination of two current, uh, well, modern. Uh... 
tennis players. Gaidasova <laughs> and Novotna. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Czechoslovakian connection. The Czech connection. <laughs> Bijo again then. And then. Is it Annette Benning? Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's too. an interesting combo. Uh, I like the artist very much. This looks nothing like it, so we'll see. Well, what did you think of... Um, oh, well, we know what you thought. I was thinking he did the past, but he didn't, did he? No, no. Has he, no, did, has he done anything else of note? No, since the artist, no. He has done this um, silly... Um, oh, what are they called? Uh, no, 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 video. with uh, Desjardins, the, the uh, spy movies. Oh, the OSS. The OSS, OSS movies. yes, yes, yes. Oh. Which are fun, but... Yeah. Okay, next we have the Holmes. An actual Western. Yeah, which is a Western. It's Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones and Hilary Swank. God. Which I mean I, I I didn't see the burials, three burials. So I saw no. that I saw that because of the amazing title and really did not like it. It's not my kind of movie. You basically ordered me not to watch it. Yeah, it's Is it's it Meek's Cutoff ish? Can I just point out that Miranda <sighs> Otto and Streep Junior are both in this film? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, the homesman, not um, no. the burials. <laughs> the burials is just depressing for no reason. I did not like anything about it. Just the title. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one, Steal the Water from Naomi Kawase, who I think has had a film in competition before. Maybe even last year. Um, but I don't know anything about her. Um, I googled this one and it has some really nice posters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always no, a bonus. Yes, that matters sometimes. The aesthetic I, looks good, very minimalistic. I'm just looking and... down. I'm just looking down the filmography. I recognise Hannah Zoo, and apparently that was in Can in competition at Cannes in 2011. Right. I haven't seen it though. I recognise mm. the title. Next, we have Mr. Turner, which is uh, Timothy Spall as uh, J. What's he called? Is it? J- Lowry Turner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and that's by Mike Lee. Right. Mike Lee's highest oh. budgeted film, apparently. Okay, well, um, if Mike Lee's doing a, a, a natural thing I'm thinking about here is Topsy Turvy. Yeah. Because um, that was about Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, so him using his process to do a, a, a biopic of sorts, I'm absolutely on board with. Timothy Spall is a beast of an actor when, <laughs> when, when, he, when he's let off the leash, uh, which, Mike, which uh, Mike Lee has done before. And I'm going to get into the, co- the comparison of um, his um, living room scene in Secrets and Lies. And Tom Cruise's You Had Me at Hello living room, living room scene in uh, Joe Maguire, which he got nominated for and Mike Lee and uh, Tim Spall didn't. Mm. <sighs> Dear. Anyway. Uh, what about um, Pierre Point? Because I haven't seen that. He's you, excellent you like in, that. in that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely super. Nailed on nominee. The film isn't great, but uh, sport's fantastic. In, a, in admittedly not a great year. Yeah. Uh, next we have um, an, another usual suspect, Ken Lodge, Jimmy's Hall. Um, yeah. And apparently, he, apparently his response to being in competition was, why I'm always in competition? Because <laughs> <laughs> the age well, of share what? was in competition. Yeah, well, the thing is, we all, the British press complains when nobody's in competition, and now we've got two people in it, so you do get people who are in it just for the sake of it, because we don't have that many uh, uh, recognisable, um, I hate the word, I'm just going to use it because it's 
can auteurs because you know, they might call Bayes an auteur so let's just call a spade a spade <laughs> <laughs> or a hack a hack <laughs> yeah definitely the latter um, Bennett Miller's Fox, Foxcatcher is at Cannes. Yep. Which we're excited Actually, for. Uh, about this. Yes, I'm exci- very, very excited. Just because it's Bennett Miller, I know nothing about it, but looking at the cast, it looks horrendous. Channing no, Tatum why? and Sienna Miller. <laughs> Channing yes. Tatum and Sienna Miller. But also, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, it. yes, and Steve Carell with a nose. But I, <laughs> I trust him. I trust, I trust him because I, I think both of his first two films have been uh, very excellent, good. Indeed. Excellent, excellent. Especially when Moneyball sounded horrendous on paper. Steve Carell, um, had, when he's been dramatic, pushed to dramatic, I think he's been better. Like I think the the most dramatic moments of Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, he did really well with. He has a nice presence. It depend. It will depend on the material because if it's something like um, done in real was, life. I, w- I wasn't going to say that one. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say the one with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and um, Mel Streep. Where Hope the, uh, Springs. Therapist. Oh, oh yes, the God. therapist, right? Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I didn't just like the guy. The next film is The Marvel by Alice Rawwatcher, who I've not heard of, but it is a woman, a female director, so that's mm. notable. Because mm. uh, there are only two in competition. Last year there weren't any. Yeah. Mm. Uh, next we have Timbuktu, which is by Abderrahman Sissako, who I've not heard <laughs> of. <laughs> but at the same time, um, it's an African film and it's in competition. <laughs> oh, Bamako, he did that. Oh, did like, he? Okay, well that yes. was alright. Mm, I haven't seen it, but I, I've, I know the, uh, heard of it. So We have Wild Tales by Damien Sifron. Which again, I haven't heard of. And then we have Leviathan. Ricardo Darin, wait for me. Oh, sorry, sorry. This is the. This, so this is, is the why. One. This is this good. Is the one. This is what. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one. Ricardo Darin is basically in every, every other, Argentinian film I've ever seen. Basically, so him being in it is like a sort of like probably means it's one of the better scripts out there. One, more, one of the ones more likely to be good. Hmm. And then lastly. You, you, we have. This is where me and Irina are about to get into a conversation about like Nine Queens and uh, Argentinian oh, films. Nine Queens. I have an Argentinian uh, roommate who adores Nine Queens. It's one of her favourite films. Really? But I haven't seen oh, it. It's, it's this good. is where. It, and she loves Lost Irini's... in Translation. Maybe <laughs> this is where Irina says that the remake with Diego Luna and <laughs> John C. Reilly okay. is better. Is it Criminal? Yes. Yes. Criminal's the yeah. remake? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Okay, it's not better. I take that back if I ever said it, but it's it's good. No, I'm just taking the mic. <laughs> I may have said it. I don't know. I don't trust myself. It's, it's very possible. I don't it's trust very myself. Possible. Try having a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you dredge up random comments from times gone by. Uh, last but not least, it's Levi- say it? Leviathan, mm. which take it it's away. Zvigintsev. Um, I still haven't seen um, Elena. Oh, it's good. Mm, it's good. good. Is it online with yes, decent subtitles yes. yet? I'm watching it this week then because I've got the week mm, off. Good. Elena, it's, it's on a pad in with two lines around in a square around <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know what it's about. Uh, it's about the Book of Job. What? Leviathan. <laughs> oh no! It's, Loosely it's based uh, on the Book of Job. <laughs> it looks like it's. It looks like it's a multi-narrative 
in your two kind of deal. Hmm. Concerning the human condition on Earth. Well, in his first two films, what he was really good at was just the mood, atmosphere, and the, just the build-up of tension, and um, and, and combined with um, working extremely well with actors. I mean, the end of I mean, uh, the banishment is just it's moody and interesting, but not really that good. And then the flashbacks kick in after about an hour and a half, and oh my, then it just absolutely like, crushes the heart. But then again, that's what happens when you've got Maria Bonavi acting. <laughs> Okay. Ah! <laughs> you can, I just thought I'd cut it off before you mentioned Reconstruction. <laughs> no, I'm not going... No, it's not him. That's the, the return. No, but she's oh. Reconstruction. Marie Bonnevie. Oh, Marie Bonnevie. You're right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reconstruction. Don't, no, don't get me started with this woman and uh, Reconstruction. She just tells me when she... The multiple times that she's seen it on the yeah. big screen. Just Again, this off. summer. I'll send you the date. <laughs> We're having a screening every year. A cinema here. Of Reconstruction? Yep, it's a festival. Um, uh, it's a cinema that plays all its 35mm millimeter, millimeter reels. And they have Reconstruction in stock and they play it every year. So I get to oh, see wow. it every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Piss Pete off festival. <laughs> Move to Greece. <laughs> Which is also known as the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, in general, are we liking the lineup then? What's safe big names? Yeah, um, yeah. I think the the potential for greatness really is going to probably come from the likes of the Dardens and Ceylon, rather than the likes of Agoyan and Asaya. So I think their best work's probably behind them. Uh, I think most but... of the best work's behind most of these people, <laughs> except the Lan. But... Woo! Yeah. Well, yeah. So, if you, so if I was like the first, the, the five that I'd be most interested in are like the Zvirginsev, um, Salan, and Darden. I'm just interesting as to how the quality would go, and then um, I'm excited about the the Yves Saint Laurent just mm-hmm. because it's it's him, and I think he's it's going to be really kind of wacky and bold. Mm. Bennett Miller because it's Bennett Miller, and then um, maybe um, yeah, Lee Oregon. I mean, I think Oregon's done personally, but uh, but his films are always fun. <laughs> well, apart from yeah. Sweet Hereafter, but lately they've been fun. <laughs> okay, um, preconceptions. Right. Okay, this week we're doing Reaching for the Moon, uh, The Love Punch, Magic Magic, and Lock. So we'll do this in the sort of like we'll swap it round as to who starts on each one. Uh, Reaching for the Moon, preconceptions, Calvino. Um. Well. I knew it was about the poet Elizabeth Bishop, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know anything else. I knew it starred Miranda Otto, which is not a draw for me. It's not not a draw for me. I haven't seen her in enough films, right? Because uh, she's in a lot of lesser-known films from the kind of nineties and um, early two thousands or whatever. But um, I didn't know anything about this. So I thought, well, it's safe to watch on the train. <laughs> Funny. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's like me watching uh, Passion on the yeah. plane. Yeah, well, not that bad. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it's the second. One. It wasn't the first one. I went for um, the I went for um, Days Days of Darkness first. Have you not listened to that episode? I... No, no, obviously not. <laughs> I don't remember that that detail. I listened to the Passion. I... Oh God. Right. Okay. Well, I knew nothing about reaching for the moon. Cal said, "Watch it," so I did. 
<laughs> I had Funny. no idea what it was about. I just watched it. <laughs> right now, I I think I've got this wrong in my mind. I'm just getting out my um. I'm not doing this on purpose here. I actually do have the Venice program, so I'm sure that this was on at Venice while I was there, and I was thinking of watching it, and then I decided really? not to. This uh, year? Yes. This year, because I was trying to think of something to do on the one of the days, like, as a maybe. I was going to put... Where do you skip through this thing? Anyway, I knew it was Miranda Otto. I knew it was... Um, oh, here we go. Oh, what's it called in them? It's uh, Flores Raras. Flores... No. It must be Berlin, then. Mm. Berlin makes be more Berlin. sense, yeah. Anyway, one of them. It was at one of them, and um, I just saw it was um, uh, Randolph, who I really like. Um, uh, it might have been London. Don't know. Yeah, because... It could have been, yeah. it could, it, it been London, I actually. I, because, uh, I hadn't heard it before, so... Yeah. It, it probably, probably was London, probably. actually. Um, so, um, Otto, I think she's amazing and blessed, um, along with Frances O'Connor. They're both my, in my sporting, sporting actress lineups. I've watched a few of her uh, ones. I think she's a very good little actress. South Solitary is an interesting little one um, from a couple of years ago. It's not a great film, but she's uh, she's very good in it. Um, and I knew it was about an affair, like a three-way affair, basically. Then that was it. Okay. Right, so The Love Punch, this is... We've all seen this? No? No, just me and you. Just me and you. Okay. Um, I'd seen the trailer. Thought it looked fun. Uh, Brosnan, I like. Um, uh, I, I like in general. Thompson, bit of a career renaissance, mm. so uh, enjoying her at the moment. Tim, Tim Spall, yes, Celia Emery, can't be worse than uh, Best Exotic. Um, no, that was Penelope Wilton. Oh, what's Celia Emery been in then? I didn't like her in. That's one for me to find out right now while while I while I hand it over to you. But yeah, um, so I thought I thought this looked fun. Well, the Love Punch. It's I mean awful title. Uh, yeah, I knew, and I still don't know, actually know why. Um, oh. But it's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a um, it's a sequel to Donkey Punch. <laughs> it's Donkey Punch Two. <laughs> oh God, uh, I was no. Can, can I just point out that I didn't know Louise Bourgeon was in this? I did. That was okay. that was a post that was a post a credit conception. Okay. We're trying to contain my excitement. Trying to contain my excitement. (laughs) (laughs) And fails. (laughs) Um, I'd seen the trailer once and I thought it looked quite fun. And it's the guy from who directed Last Chance Harvey, which I haven't seen, but I had heard good things about. So I was quite looking forward to it. And Emma Thompson's having a bit of a career renaissance, as it were, Mm -hmm. last year. And um, I do like Pierce Brosnan more in comedy than in. Did drama. you know this was the guy who did um, Last Chance Harvey? That's what I said. I'm not listening at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling down Celia Imwe's IMDb page. That's why. And I hadn't seen Last Chance Harvey. That's what I'm saying. So. Oh, okay, fine. But um, good cast. I was going into it wanting a good time. <laughs> Second time I've done that. It's brilliant. Pardon? What? Reaching for the moon. <laughs> oh god! So magic, magic. This is just you. Uh, magic, magic. It's. I knew it was the guy who did the cactus film. Um. 
which I thought was all right, and um, and you had Juno Temple in it, which is a plus, is a huge <laughs> plus. Um, and I thought it was a horror film. Oh my god! Sorry, see, I was just scrolling down Seal It and Read's page. It gets down to 1995 in the bleak winter where she plays a character called Fadge. <laughs> Sorry, do continue. You can imagine I've got playing... anyone... No, I'm done. That's my preconception. <laughs> so am I after that one. <laughs> okay, Locke, Arini. No, uh, me Here first. You go. Oh, okay. No, 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 no okay, you go really. because all my preconceptions were because of you. So you go first. Ooh. Okay. Right. Well, we uh, this was at Venice. This mm-hmm. was at Venice. Yes, I we saw it there. there. And I um, was sort of interested in seeing it because it was getting good notices. But I mean, with it being Tom Hardy, who I don't care for as an actor, by his, I, I liked him in Inception. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say I, I hate him in everything at all. At all. Um, I did like him in Inception because he treated me with the contempt he deserved. <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, he did. He was the light really. Yeah, he was fun. Yeah. And, and Steve Stephen Knight. I don't dislike films based on Stephen Knight's screenplays, but Stephen Knight's screenplays are the worst thing about films that are based on Stephen Knight's <laughs> screenplays. God. So he's the negative in all of the films that he's been involved in for me. So, but that 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 being said, Hummingbird wasn't bad. Yeah, I quite liked Hummingbird. Um, well, it, it passed the time. Maybe that was Jason. I don't know. Yeah, um, but the statement. <laughs> you you embraced the statement. I did. <laughs> but I I think he has real religious religious issues in his scripts that don't um, add up and seem a bit simplistic to me. So I was a bit worried about um, the script of this. Uh, Tom Hardy, I don't really care for that much either. I like Hardy. I, I, he w- I think he's very charming as an actor. Um, I, I liked him most in Warrior. Yes, yes, he was uh, very vulnerable there. It was a different kind of performance. He was trying to be Brando too much for me in that one. Or the scene on the beach. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's Nolte though, isn't it? Well, no, 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 he's yeah. right, but still, it, it kind of worked for me. Mm. So, it wasn't. he isn't a draw for me, but I... Um, I was but, kind of interested to see it because yeah, I, the concept. I knew, it. yeah, the concept. Yeah, that's yeah. well. The amazing thing with the amazing thing with Warrior is that it was like what is it, two hours twenty, and it flew by. Yeah, that's like the really impressive. The the editing is the is the really big calling card of Warrior for me. It's, I mean, con- I it's it. contrived, but it's very fun. It's totally ridiculous as well. I mean, <laughs> just plotting wise, in MMA, you've got a guy who's going out doing ten second knockouts, <laughs> whatever. When you allegedly assembled the best eight middleweights in the world. Okay. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> uh, the con- well, the no, I like Hardy. And, uh, well, I don't care much about Stephen Knight. I Pete was whining the whole time about him in Venice. So I, oh think, I think... Is that just after we'd seen Hummingbird? Uh, no, no, no. No this, was like after, no, this was just after I got back from the Guggenheim. I was yeah, just, <laughs> just because. <laughs> and I think uh, Locke played it a couple of days after you left. But I still had the buzzing, yeah. you're buzzing in my ears that it's... Why would you see that? And But yes. the, the concept sounded so interesting. Uh, I was, yes. I was very curious, mm. very excited to see it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> right. Reaching so this is where I check how long we've wasted on this opening. <laughs> reaching for the moon. Five minutes. That's impressive. That's quite. Okay, who's do- yeah. Who's doing reaching for the moon? Well, Cal's got to do at least one on his own. Are we so doing do two? We- so do you want to do reaching for the moon or love punch? And I'll do lock. 
Um, I want to do Love Punch. Okay. I, really yeah, I think you should do Lock. That's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, so I'm doing Reaching for the Moon then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Reaching for the Moon begins with a decidedly red-headed Miranda Otto on a bench in a park. Not in the way that Leia Seydoux was on a bench in a park in uh, Blue is the Blues and <laughs> Colour. Um, she's uh, reading uh, two, like, two stanzas of poetry to a friend of hers who's trying it on with her and informing her that it's not good, it's not enough to just leave it there and she's got to carry on, blah, 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 blah. Then it cut to her, we presume, some, some years before. Uh, not on a some boat year before, to South America. afterwards. Well, no, no. Well, no because at the end, at the end she, she's got the whole poem fleshed out, so it's obviously gone from there back. Unless you're saying she's done that at the yeah. beginning. Then yeah, the yeah, because, because yeah, I think so. And he then makes an observation, poem. something like silly observations make broken into lines, which she later. Uh, Immense. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's linear. It's perfectly linear. I wouldn't describe anything about this film as perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> Could so just get the bloody plot on She gets way. on a boat to South America in the way that snobby, <laughs> overprivileged Americans could back in the 50s. True. And instead of staying for three days, stays for an inordinately uh, long amount of sapphic years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I like how the film doesn't mess around. Like yeah. it's sort of like I had to keep check. Like I I just kind of checked my watch casually, and it was like twenty five half minutes, half an hour in, and a lot of stuff had happened, and a lot of relationships had been established, which I, I thought you were going to say skated over, which I was quite <laughs> pleased with. <laughs> Um, but like, it's, well, she gets into the relationship, the three-way thing very quickly mm. after yeah, that first park scene. So, I mean, I was just like, where is this coming from? Just completely. It's dodgily, un- it's dodgily paced because. Well, no, it's, it just cuts from way too much. It just cuts from like, her, um, not getting on with it at all. One scene later, she, they're buying presents for her. Next scene later, I love you. And it's like, well. Hello. Need a bit more than that, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. What did you think, Irene, of the of the three-way thing? I did not notice it. I mean, no. I was so drawn to the whole visual, majestic thing that was going on that I really did not mind it. I really was not paying any attention to the plot. I was just gawking. Neither was I the screenwriter. I was talking at the set design and everything. It's elegant. It's, it's gorgeous. I think it's it's very very beautiful. One of the most beautiful film, films I've seen lately. I love the house, the, the, the everything yeah. about it. Um, and uh, yes, maybe it was a little awkward uh, how fast it was going, but I didn't mind it because I really wasn't paying attention to that. Um, Much like me with the plot and. <laughs> well, the thing the thing is though, it does span fifteen to twenty years, and it needs to it needs to kind of get a lot of plot points in there. Yeah. So it's not going to be so specific about that. Mm, and I do my... feel like the relationship between Otto and um, Gloria Perez mm-hmm. did feel quite real to me, and, and um, 
and it's, it might be more because of Perez actually, but I just felt like they were so different, but um, they connected to each other, and they needed um, they needed what each other was giving them at, at that stage. Yes, of their they life, did make sense together. Um, I think I think my point would uh, just on that is yeah, they do. They have got a lot. Uh, when you've got fifteen years of plot points to get in, I I need more uh, emotional underpinning between them and how they get together in the first place to care about them if they're then going to go over that, that amount of time. If you don't put the groundwork in, then it's just... So did you feel sorry for the, the blonde girl? Nobody. Didn't feel sorry for anybody. <laughs> no, because, I mean, it's just... When when you get the Trier situation was, oh, this is the offer you're giving me. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, no, I can't go home because my parents think I'm a dirty lesbian. It's like, no, It was no. even funnier later when she <laughs> offered her the job to work with her at the park and she said, she needs the money. It's so random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some, oh, no. There's, so, there's some very odd lines yeah. in this. Um I, but, I, but that being said, though, even if they had done a lot uh, more um, stuff at the beginning to sort of like ground the relationship in a more uh, lyrical dimension, I I was getting so little from uh, what was you say? What was Pires um, uh, on the acting front? I think it would have uh, undercut it for me anyway. I think Otto's very good. I think the the blonde is 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 pretty impressive in in what little she has to do. But uh, she uh, Pires is just so blank and closed off I thought she was um, as, as a performance rather than the character so it just I just it made me feel nothing for the anybody and I just thought why are you two interesting people interested in this person who's just got a load of cash and is essentially Julianne Moore in literal <laughs> right on a bigger scale in a hot country but why is the blonde interesting all she wants is a baby the other was it because the way that the actress is actually performing it well I don't know <laughs> I just thought Perez was like a control freak and that she was the the way she unravels is because she can't control things anymore, and because she feels she can't control like the the pair of the girls. Mm. So I kind of bought that. I, just, I thought she was great. Actually, yeah, she did have something mm. magnetic and you know exotic about her. I I bought it too. Why they would be so obsessed never... with her? Well, were, they, were they obsessed with her? Well, the blonde one. She was oh. obsessed. Well, the with blonde her, yeah. was clearly the blonde yeah. one was. Yeah. <laughs> But then it's like it goes. It's sort of everybody's um, reaction to being um, ignored for five seconds in this film is to go and get absolutely rat assed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it, so it's like there's no individual uh, sort of dramatically things are resolved in the same way. And okay, fine, maybe maybe you have that with um, a couple uh, with people in a relationship. But when it's three people and everyone's everyone's reacting in kind of the same way, it's it's, it's not. Like, it doesn't make for good viewing. It's like no. repetitive drama, and it just. Like the the twists and the bouts of jealousy and who does she love more and and then the Joan Allen in the Notebook <laughs> moment. What? <laughs> <laughs> You've been stealing my letters, bitch! <laughs> God, the only time that was ever good was in um, the World League's Daughter, but it wasn't even good then. That was just the sort of. Like, oh. <laughs> What did you think about the whole Brazil thing? Like the politics. Well, the, not just the politics, but like Otto's speech about Brazil and the culture and how she doesn't kind of buy into it anymore. And I think it's I think it's a it's a 
um, re- reflection from uh, the first dinner table scene uh, where apparently the only four people. This is the thing: is, uh, is she supposed to be this really famous poet, or is it just that the, they've rounded up the f- only four people in South America who've actually heard of her for the dinner party at the beginning? She. I think she's less famous at the beginning. Well, obviously, yes. like she went to Pulitzer, the and then yeah, then then suddenly she's the socialite and can suddenly speak. But it does yeah. feel forced that these people are in the first table and these people are the most important as the plot goes on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But I, I suppose it's a natural comparison because that, that there's a very awkward dinner scene at the beginning when and then, a, then that's awkward in a very different way because in the first one she's not saying anything <laughs> and in the second one she's saying far too much. Yeah. Um, but, did anybody notice the last shot? Uh, no, I, I, it was the poem in the last. It ended. Yeah, with and the then poem. it zooms up. Yeah. To focus on some very important buildings. Yes. In it New does. York. Mm. Oh, I didn't notice yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. They don't exist. Yeah, <laughs> I got that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I thought. I mean, is it manipulative or is it poignant? Or is it pretentious? Or I think it's just the way. It's just the uh, I didn't get anything. Didn't care enough either way. Okay. On any level, which is uh, that. I was just that's how they're ending it. Okay, the well. the poem in the end is very strong. The poem has nothing has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, the poem exists outside of the movie, and putting it there is. I think it's, yeah. it was a really good poem. It was very sad and very strong. Uh, I did not notice the shot. Oh God. Mm. It's the only poem I'd heard of yeah. hers, actually. Mm. The only one I recognised. I had no idea who the woman was. Okay. <laughs> um, That's cow silence means cultural silence. <laughs> 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 not. <laughs> I only knew, knew one of the poems, so she can't be that famous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> B minus, I'm giving reaching for the moon. Uh Se- really? seven well, out of ten most of it for the well Tarn what you you, <laughs> you get stars last I did time. Um, so I gave it three and a half on Letterboxd that's seven out of ten okay, okay. same yeah same thing. Okay, cool. but I want to specify that it's out of the three and a half stars all three of, of the three of them are for the sets <laughs> and uh, for the costumes, costumes and for the production design and it was it was gloriously beautiful. Okay. Hey, can I pass on this one? No. Um, for the record, for the website. Just a four. I do mean just five out of ten. Oh wow! Because I think Otto is. She's really always, really good. I think Otto she might be in my lineup. Otto is in. Yeah, is it last year, year though? Yeah. Or is it this year? It actually Open is in last Brazil year. Brazil in December. Okay. okay. Um, Otto is good enough for long enough to mean that I think this is just about average. And also, I mean, I'm ill today, so um, <laughs> watching it in in, in my uh, I've got zero attention span today, so that won't have helped matters. So I'm being fine. Three stars, just. Okay. Right. So tell me about the love punch. The Love Patch. Um, this is Pierce Brosnan and Emma Thompson who play a divorced couple who have to reunite when the company Brosnan has worked for for 25 years goes into liquidation. Um, 
his and Thompson's pension fund has been swallowed up by a corporation run by a greedy Frenchman hmm. um, who has just bought a very expensive diamond for his fiance, who is... Uh, Adele Blancsec. Adele Blancsec. The delectable Louise Marchois. <laughs> the girl, the girl, was it the girl from Monaco? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the help of Celia Imry and Timothy Spall, their friends, Thompson Brosnan attempt to infiltrate the couple's wedding and steal the diamond uh, to pay back the hard-working people who've lost their pensions and jobs. And none of this actually describes the film quite as well as just saying it's Gambit meets The Weekend. It's very Gambit, but the better. new Gambit or the old but Gambit? But it couldn't be. It... Oh, the, the, the new current, one, the first one. <laughs> but it could it, be it's worse Gambit than Gambit. For the, it's Gambit it? for the hot. It's Gambit for the heist factor, and it's The uh, Weekend for the two people. Um, yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah, um, reconnecting in a French city somewhere. <laughs> Or not? Did you see Louis? Uh, no, I haven't doing... seen it yet, but it's it's on the list. I don't know no? why. It was. <laughs> I was kind of underwhelmed by it. You didn't like it. And, no, it's and very well acted. Loves it though. I don't, really? I don't the Americans love yeah. it. <laughs> why? Because <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's in it. <laughs> um, God. The love punch. I mean, it's. There are funny moments in it, but mm. I think the funny moments are to do with um, Celia Imry and Timothy Spall, for me, than they are with Brosnan and Thompson. Just because of the whole like thing with Timothy Spall's got this um, mysterious past that he hasn't revealed, and she kind of has to react really like um, outrage when he mentions things from it. That she has no idea about, which I think I don't know. I kind of like enjoyed that bit of it, the silliness of it all. Yeah, but the time he was in Guam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I I didn't find it that funny in general. I think overall, I thought it was quite entertaining overall. I I think I I got on board with the whole um. Uh, bickering between Thompson and uh, Brosnan a bit more than you did. Yeah. Um, but then again, I think that's because it is really well acted. I don't. I don't think there's much there on the page. I think it's very, it's very um, regimentedly written. <laughs> in that you've got you've got you've got recurring jokes here and there. You've got the, uh, so you, and, and similar jokes here and there. So with with yeah. you've, got a, you've got a similar amount of probably about three or four different ones where it's basically doing the same joke but in a different way. And it's the same thing with the Skype calls to um, uh, the sun where the uh, roommate is either going on the toilet or he's getting out a porno while he's while they're on the Skype watching while the sun's yeah, in the room. Yeah. Uh, so, and you've so got it, the jokes about them being old and bunions and deep heat yeah. and yeah. allergies. <laughs> The one that brought, well, the one not that there was that many people in the, in, the, in the showing that I went to, but the one that got the biggest laugh was um, after they've fallen asleep in the same room and been spooning, and she wakes up and immediately says, "Oh no, we didn't, did we?" Yeah. That's the, but that's the. Uh, I, think, I think with with without Thompson being Thompson, yeah, this this would be. It's sort of like a Meryl Streep in its complicated situation. Yeah. Where if it was somebody else, you'd think, oh God, I just don't want to carry on and persevere with this. Mm. But because it's her, she gives it a charm and kind of a level of class. attractiveness. 
as well. She's so she's so foxy in this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It really is. But I mean, the problem's the script. Because yeah, the I mean, plot the, the is just Louis, ridiculous. Louis, and Louise's character is just, um, with where, where it goes, it's just so unbelievable that... She's fun, that though. It, she, mm, well, it's the weak, uh, it's the it's the weakest I've seen her by an absolute mile, but she hasn't got anything to do. But she's um, she's not as young as that, is she? She's playing younger, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just the, 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 it's just very problematic when you've got someone who's really, um, really, really, really annoyed with a with a bloke, and then he's going to go through the marriage anyway, and then with where they go with it, it just it's not it doesn't really convince. I know it's a comedy, and it should, doesn't have to convince. I know it's silly because it, that's just the, the the tone of it, and the whole idea of it is is inherently stupid. But um, it has to convince to a to a degree. To a degree, yeah. And it but I think I think I think it carries. I think it holds itself together for long enough. Um, I certainly think it's better than the two films <laughs> I just mentioned, Gambit and The Weekend. But uh, cause it's just more. It's just more inherently likable, frankly. Mm. It's just stuff with like the hacker son and yeah, like, the fact where the the whole scaling the what the castle thing, and it's just it's too much. Like you can get around that. It just felt like lazy screenwriting to me. And some of the humour felt very lazy as well. So it's kind of like, ooh. I... Some, some of it's pretty forced, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay, Brosnan. Good. Fine, yeah. On the on the Suzanne Beerometer. <laughs> <laughs> How good is he? <laughs> Not as good as beer. Not as good as the Matador, but better than... Um, what else is there? Oh, Brosnan. Better than any Bond. of the Bonds, certainly. <laughs> so- it's like a seven on the on the barometer. Yeah. Did you see a long way Six down? Six or a seven. The one he did now. The one based on the. No. Nicole. No. Oh, that was that was out, and I chose to watch um, uh, the fold instead. Above the pits. <laughs> yeah. I think I won with that one. Well. Yeah. Catherine, though, I guess. Catherine McCormack. Catherine McCormack's always <laughs> a win. It really hasn't listened to that episode either. No. That was the last one. I did listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving Love Punch a C. Um, yeah, uh, 6 out of 10. Uh, high, high three it stars. sounds like a fun watch. Yeah, I'll, yeah, it's, it's I'll watch it. And, it. and it's short yeah. as well. It's mm. short as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay, Magic Magic. I will be brief with this, guys, <laughs> okay. because it's just me on my lonesome. Um, this is about... A girl called Alicia, who's Juno Temple. She arrives in South America to go on vacation with her cousin. When her cousin's called away, uh, she's stuck on a remote island off of Chile with three of her cousin's friends. Who Is this are again? <laughs> well, hold on a minute. Is Lake Bell going to get naked and start digging again? <laughs> Sadly not. <laughs> <laughs> or is Matthew McConaughey in a boat of the <laughs> I was going to go on to Marlon Brando and the island of Dr. Moreau then but no keep it, keep it clean Peter <laughs> Michael Serra is one of the friends Catalina Sandino Moreno is one of the friends win we like yes. win of yeah. life uh, Agustin Silva who's the brother of the director is the other friend so she begins Juno Temple begins to get more and more paranoid about the people she's with about where she is and we don't know why 
and it's it's kind of got the same setup as Crystal Fairy. Did you see Crystal Fairy? No, Arena? why would I? <laughs> the cactus. No, no, I didn't. Nice title, but no. Well, I watched five minutes of it and just yeah. Well, it was. I just couldn't be asked. I don't blame you. <laughs> people, <laughs> but it's about this is about people ending up on vacation together with somebody they don't know as well. Mm-hmm. So Juno Temple's so it's the outsider. It's what? It's Triangle without Melissa George, which is just the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, but Juno Temple's there. Yeah, but she's not Melissa George. It's just the worst thing imaginable. Well. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know if this has happened to Sebastian Silva at some point, but I find it, find it like coincidental that he's that this has popped up again. This is like the, the situation in this film as well. I just think he might have some prior history there. But anyway, I thought it was going to be a horror and it ended up being... I don't know, it ended up never going in the way you'd expect it to or committing to a genre or anything. It was like... One minute I thought it was going to be supernatural horror. Oh, shit! What? I missed my Pulitzer digression. Damn, we've got to go back right now to reaching for the moon because uh, there's a point where she wins the Pulitzer and I'm just, I, was, I was sat there watching I thought, oh, yeah, like I'm supposed to be really impressed. Roger Ebert won the Pulitzer, <laughs> for God's sake. So I actually did a bit of research on this and I found out what year Roger Ebert won the um, uh, Pulitzer in and I wanted to see if it was actually when he was still just doing reviews where he just talked to the plot for like 90% of the film. Anyway, <laughs> turns out Mr. Ebert won the Pulitzer in 1975 for his cri- he won the Pulitzer for criticism uh, for his work in 1974, and uh, basically all that means is saying in your review of Godfather 2 that you couldn't figure out who ordered one of the hits, so therefore it's really undisciplined and they're unable to draw this work together <laughs> and make it work on in in the level of simple absorbing narrative. So because you can't figure it out, that makes it a bad film. Give the man an award, people. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> sorry, that's um, the sorry, second you were saying... pop enemy you've had. <laughs> I know that's I knew it was coming. That's why I made the early ones, <laughs> and then I forgot. I haven't read so, that review. He didn't like Godfather Two. Well, he gave it like three stars, but he was just he was cr- criticizing it for being like for basically having stuff that he couldn't um, understand uh, and um, not pulling it all together properly. I'm thinking. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Great criticism, mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but Magic Magic. Mm-hmm. Magic Magic. <laughs> I thought it was... At one point, I did think it was going to turn into Black Rock. Mm. It throws in these red herrings. Like, one of the characters seems like they might be close to death. Not through something thrill-seeking through something long-term. Well, he read Roger Ebert's review of The Great Gatsby. <laughs> Come on. In the year that he won the Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> Was that 74, yes. The Great Gatsby? I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I don't know where it's going. And part of me is quite infuriated with that, but other part of me is drawn to it because of that. So yeah. it ends up being more of, a sound of my voice meets beyond the hills kind of what? situation. Lesbian nuns. No, no lesbians. But it's not a Stephen Knight film, people. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't lesbian. <laughs> she did, she she's the worst she, lesbian ever. If she was, she didn't need to be. She had to stay. 
Um, but this has got like a spiritual edge um, that's sort of strange. So I, I kind of was drawn to it, but Juno Temple's character is really annoying and um, I don't know. I think it kind of lost its way quite a lot, so I'm going to give it a C. Like The Godfather 2? <laughs> like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give it a C+. Plus. Okay, fair enough. Lock begins with uh, Lock begins with Tom Hardy leaving a construction site, apparently in Birmingham, and setting off on a journey down to London. He has to make a, a numerous amount of calls because uh, he is going to miss uh, his work the next morning, where it is quote the biggest pour in European history. As a lot, there's a lot of stuff about concrete in this. He's basically ditching uh, his responsibilities because he's choosing to go down to uh, London for a personal emergency. It soon becomes clear that this personal emergency is a, a pregnant woman giving birth to his child in London and he has to deal with the ramifications of this via his hantry set in his car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And we'll start with the geography. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> because he's, as he's leaving the, the, the city centre, because he's going out on the Aston Expressway, which is my journey home every day, is getting on the M6. Uh, he then starts talking to, about road closures, and he starts talking about um, the Queslet, which is round by where I live, North Birmingham. And he says that they've got to get a stop and go at the Vale. The Vale surely means Castle Vale, which is North Birmingham. And the reason that he's doing this is so that the trucks can get into the south entrance. Whatever. <laughs> also, <laughs> pedantic much or what? Oh, ridiculous! I hope a brummy eventually listens to this podcast at some point and actually applauds well, remember- as you say that. But really, <laughs> no, it's just staggeringly un- unconvincing. Also. The idea of a 55-storey building in Birmingham, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I've only been there shops. once. All we do is shops and bad football teams. I mean, come on. That's true. Um, well, okay, what do you think about... Because it's not just Tom Hardy here. It's, yes, it is. It's voice performances. Yeah. Like Chris O'Dowd. It's not Chris O'Dowd. It sounds like Chris O'Dowd. It's not, though. It's not, it's... It's it's Andrew Scott, someone like that. Yeah, Andrew somebody. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not... It's full of subjects that I wouldn't really be interested in. It's sort of like concrete. (laughs) I wouldn't normally be interested in concrete, and there's a lot about concrete. Um, But I think that it's not... Yeah, we owe it to the concrete, apparently, Cal. (laughs) The what? After we get from say, we owe it to do this to the concrete we owe it to the concrete to do this yeah but it's and not why, why it's, is he Welsh it's not, I think he's decided <laughs> is this he's decided to is this because Tom Hardy can't do a Brummie accent so he's thinking I'll do some Welsh <laughs> okay that sounded more Bangladesh but whatever <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Sorry. he none of the subjects are inherently interesting but it's not about the subjects it's about his character and for me it's like a character study and it's basically a tour de force kind of thing rather than 
about all of this logistics. So I'm more, I think everything we learn about what's outside the car, we learn something about the character. And that's what I like about it most. But, what I liked about it the most was the method. How he constantly put everything into order and how he tried to make sense out of everything. Mm. I really like the methodology of it and that's why I really, really, really like the ending. The, the last conversation he has. Um, yeah, because I yeah. thought it, it could have gone another way as well. Yes, so I was very happy with the ending because uh, his the, his way of thinking. <laughs> shut up! <laughs> his way of thinking was the, the thing that impressed me the most about him, uh, how how controlled he was, and uh, that's why the ending was moving in a strange way. Yeah, it's not it's not telling you how to feel about him either. I don't feel like no, it's, it's no. making him sympathetic, but no, at the no, same no, time, I think. You see how he might have got into the mess by how he is as a person and by how he always wants to be noble, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the fact that he hasn't been really kind of kills him and sends him over the edge. Yeah, but he, the father stuff, the why he is the way he is because of his father and all that. I think that's the worst part of the movie. And when he looks yeah. in the mirror and he thinks he's talking to his father, that that was the weakest part of the movie for me. I, that that's not what he. I I did not buy that. The problem is though, when you're stuck in the in that environment and he has nobody to talk to apart from the people on the phone, it's like, yeah. would you rather he'd said that to another person? No, but he. That I don't know. I would like it handled in a different way. Uh, I think that the uh, the cinematography in it is is very very good, mm. um, and uh, that's the only flaw I find in it. Um, I love how actiony it made it look, um, but that's that's the one thing that bothered me. Yeah, Pete. Oh, there's more than one thing that bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of well, Tom Hardy then? Because I was really I think... impressed. But I think he's just got no screen presence, and there's nothing grips me. So when he's when he's on screen for that, if you had Colin Farrell in Phone Booth, I'm constantly interested by that performer and the way he's acting. With Hardy, it's just my, I feel my eyes just shifting off the screen, and um, I'd, and he vocally, the one similarity he has with Brando is that vocally he's quite woeful, and <laughs> with his delivery of the lines and everything. So when you couple the two together, where there's no, I don't get any energy from his performance at all. And I didn't find anything in the character to be interested in inherently, and uh, that's more of a screenwriting issue. Um, so when you combine his approach as an actor with um, the situ- with the uh, execution of the film and the sort of story that they're telling, he was just he was just a, a example for me of the wrong type of actor for the wrong type of story. I, mean, I uh, there's a film from about God when was it about '04 or '06? Uh, a Danish film called Day and Night, and it's got all the best uh, Scandinavian actors you could hope for, Mikael Persbrandt's the lead, and it's just literally set in the car. The camera doesn't really move. It's it's it, it's looking in to the passenger seat and the driver's seat, and Persbrandt's driving around. He's going to go away, and it's just a success of him picking up about five or six different people because he's saying goodbye to them all. And so what the, the, the great thing with that film is you have all these people coming in, like Lena Endra, or Penilla, or August, and all, all, all these people coming in and giving like these like knockout little five or ten minute cameo roles. And Persbrandt's really, really great, and because he's such a, a magnetic screen presence, it's just really, really interesting. 
Whereas with this, because it's just him, it really does yeah. rely on rely on that a lot more. And so the acid test is how you respond to Tom Hardy as a performer. Yeah. If you if you think that if you think that um, and it, it's, it's just it's an opinion, so you're allowed to think that if you think that he's an interesting performer and he and he, and he grabs you um, and arrests you, then you're gonna like this film. There's just no getting around it. If he doesn't, you're not, and there's no getting around it. But I think it's like um, I agree. It's like with Colin Farrell, though, you're kind of told that he's mm. the sleazy stockbroker at the beginning. You don't, <laughs> you learn that already, and that's why yeah. the guy's doing it. So mm. you've already got that scripted, yeah. that arc. Whereas I think like he, Tom Hardy, at least has a job to do in this, mm. and like, I don't know. I think I feel like he thought about his character enough mm. and thought about how to play it. And my issues are more with the. I mean, was pointing about the, the character. My issue with the screenplay had more to do with the, the artificiality of the plotting rather than the um, uh, the character stuff like with yeah. the dad. And I, I do agree yeah. the dad stuff wasn't great, but <laughs> it was at least, um, I can see Carl's point of view, that at least it's underpinning some sort of like motivation and uh, for and how he might have found himself in that situation. Yes. Blah, 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 blah. My <laughs> issue is more along the line of this, is the Inception thing we were talking about the other week where you... Um, uh, the writer creates problems and then immediately solves them, <laughs> and he's just like, "Well, you've only just you." And so you, you, it's really lazy like the, way of the creating thing drama. With the stop and go and all that stuff. Well, with the stop and go, and it's more like the phone number where he's got he, he rings his son to get the phone number, which is in a piece of paper in his wallet. Why isn't the phone number in your phone? Nobody keeps a piece of phone number on a piece of paper <laughs> for a kickoff. And then B, he doesn't get it because of um, uh, what's happening with the plot. And then C. One minute later, uh, uh, the Irish guy who I thought was Chris O'Dowd rings up and says, oh, "I've got the number anyway." And so it's just it's just yeah. messing around That's for the sake it. of messing around, and it's not it doesn't create tension or drama. I wasn't thinking, "Oh my god, he hasn't got the number. He's not going to be able to get his building <laughs> built exactly the way he wants to." I mean, I can't I can't give two tosses about that at all. And um, but so I, it's I just, thought like some of the voice performances were dodgy, particularly the wife. I thought was um, way too over the top because I think I don't know I feel like there'd be more silence from her and she wouldn't you wouldn't answer the phone yeah <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't you would not it be was able way to get too dramatic yeah and I don't think she'd be dramatic if she was married to him because he was very yeah. placid and well it, no you no but you could imagine like him being with a very high maintenance woman like some of the some laid back guys are. Yeah, but she'd have to be patient, wouldn't she? I mean, he's not going to just jump at the drop of a hat. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What What do you think about the way it's it's shot or anything? Is it kind of collateral-ish? Yeah, I can see that comparison. I mean, the and it's. Takes a different approach to collateral purely because, like collaterals, I'm not talking about cinematography now. I'm going more sonically because uh, collateral's got a really good soundtrack, and that really helps. I think this mm. has got some nice music, but I don't think it suits the tone of the film at all. And I don't think it, uh, I think it's fine, but it's it's more sort of um, something that would be um, in the Giant Mechanical Man or some sort of indie cutesy <laughs> drama. That that's the sort of music that's in the Giant Mechanical Man. What a it's, weird it's just, I know it's it's not what you expect in this sort of in this sort of film. <laughs> I, think I, I rewatched that the other way. That's why it's on the brain. Yeah, it's very smartly shot. I think. And it's in, it, 
I, I remember um, Terry Gilliam talking about Twelve Monkeys, and he said that um, he was really annoyed when he was reading, he really loved the script, but when he actually came to shoot it, he realised how much of it was just Bruce Willis and Madeline Stowe in a car, and he was thinking he said this is just it's just gonna be boring. And I do think that Knight, Knight as a director, does try his very best not to make it boring visually by by putting it on the outside and using all the lights and the reflections and what have you. So it is interestingly done in that respect. Yeah. It's all, it's almost like he's talking to somebody in the back, even though there's nobody there. Like, I thought at first it was somebody in the back and it was yeah. there's going to be a twist. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> it's like silent here. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one with all the urban myths? Urban Legend? Urban Legend, that's the one. Urban <laughs> Legend 3, because I'm sure there's been a sequel. <laughs> this time it's Welsh. <laughs> uh-huh. um, anything else? Or what What do you think? Were you just unconvinced or... I just... Um, by I the just, acting and the script? Or? It, from, it, from, it's just a... Uh, it was just very tiresome, a tiresome watch for me because it's it's so artificial. But it wasn't so artificial on screenplay level, and I didn't care for the performance, so it's sort of a double whammy for me. I so think I, it was I, I the opposite of tiring. Mm. Well, yeah. did you watch this at Venice? Yes, I watched it in there Venice. You go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I watched it after. <laughs> no, I was going to say after day of work. It was after day of work. It was after day of lounging around. Because <laughs> I'm on holiday this week. <laughs> I think it was the opposite of tiring because it was, uh, it doesn't make sense, but it was relaxing in a way, because I I, I liked to I liked watching his mind work, mm. I liked watching the way he handled yeah. things, and that uh, it did not relax me, but it I yes I didn't I didn't understand how the eighty six minutes how long is it how the God, time passed yeah yeah. yeah. Well, it's not uh, quite. It's not quite um, real not time. Quite it's close real time. to, but because yeah. the half the football thing, obviously, you know how long football takes. Mm-hmm, it, that mm-hmm. that is all. But that's too early. it. The, the, when the scene where the son's telling him about the uh, goal, it's supposed to be this really big emotional moment. Yeah, it, it was weak. nothing on it for me. It was weak. I, yeah, I thought it he wasn't... was weak, and I thought the wife was weak, mm. vocally, but. I just thought it was all about Tom Hardy, and I think if you believe Tom Hardy, you believe the film, and you believe the situation. So, and you definitely, you say you definitely believe the facial hair. <laughs> I believe definitely. in the facial hair. <laughs> you can tell I'm smirking. It's like a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was saying prayers during this one. <laughs> all right, B plus. Good luck. Yes, um, three, um, three and a half, two, four stars. Eight out of mm. ten. Uh, low, low two stars for me. Three out of ten. Oh, you're mean. <laughs> I just, I'm, well, if I'm giving it two stars. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to talk briefly about solo vehicles and um, films? Driving films, bullets. <laughs> Steve McQueen. Let's just talk about Steve McQueen. Always. <laughs> tell me about tell me about love with the proper stranger. Yes, my favorite movie, the most oh, adorable movie God. ever. Oh come on, <laughs> you don't like it. it. You don't like that the, what the a final load scene. Of rubbish. Oh. Now God. I can tell you, I can tell you what a load of rubbish was when um, Steve McQueen said that he did the Thomas Crown Affair because it was the first time he got to wear a suit and tie, and he did that in love with the proper stranger two years before. So 
Foyer. Nothing up, to do with um, <laughs> Natalie or Faye, clearly. No, yeah. No, nothing to do with um, um, Faye Dunaway wearing hats. <laughs> he should have been in Puzzle of a Downfall Child, really, shouldn't he? Oh my god. Have you seen that, Irene? No, I haven't. God. I don't she's, think I've even heard of it. She's demented in it. I'm sorry. She, it's, no, it's, she is demented it's like in, in that film because she has to articulate every single word and she is not going to <laughs> use an apostrophe I really can't tell if that's a recommendation ever. or not I'm scared <laughs> it's not it's neither it's like she's just posh a... but she's also really hysterical at the same time it's weird <laughs> she has a phobia of apostrophes <laughs> okay so you know you, you say she isn't she is not every single time without fail it's ridiculous <laughs> it's as if she was on set and just crossing out the script in big red, the big red pen of Roger's thesaurus <laughs> okay Shag Mary kill right okay I, um, I've got three so I would shag as in watch again right now Reaching for the moon because I could watch the love punch every weekend for the rest of my life rather easily, and I would gleefully destroy Locke and the um, uh, premieres in Birmingham that it had, and the Q and A's with Stephen Knight it had at my electric cinema. Okay. Which, which I really don't want to have ever existed, <laughs> or be uh, advertised on, on the radio while I was at work every day for a week beforehand. Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. <laughs> Irini? Irini? <laughs> um, okay, so I would definitely marry Reaching for the Moon because mm-hmm. I could look at it forever. No mm. problem there. Um, I the would other watch... two, which would you watch? Right, Love Punch or well, Magic? Um, Love Punch, absolutely. But <laughs> yeah. I would really like to watch Lock again right now because I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm. And uh, yes. So do See, I have to kill? So I'll no, kill you... Magic, Magic, no problem. You can't <laughs> kill. You can't do that. You haven't seen it. <laughs> I, we've done that. <laughs> Have you've we? done that. See, you say I don't we've listen to the podcast. That. I've l- oh wait, I killed that. Doing um, that. I killed that Guillaume Canet film that Pete yes. hated. What yes. was that? I didn't hate it. Give it like five out of ten. Yeah, but the plot rundown sounded awful. Yeah, it's the um, the last third where he goes to Canada. <laughs> you've done that. I can do that. I'm killing magic, magic. All right. I think it sounds stupid. What was that film called? Little White Lies, is it? No, Irini's seen it. Oh, no, Blood... No. The one he directed, the new one. No, the one with the one where uh, that he stars in where he um, he's built, doing get, making the restaurant and he gets lumbered with the kid. Oh, yes. Oh, I don't remember what that's called. Sounds yes, like the kid with good. the bike. No, 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 no. It's, yes, it's a, it's a bad movie. Ugh, I don't remember the title. A Simple Life? No, no, that's no, the no, 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 one. that's not no, it. No, there's no, there's a French one with a similar title. I've typed it into IMDb. It is coming up as we speak. <laughs> Guillaume Canet. Guess what film it actually says on IMDb for him out of all his films? You know, it says like one film underneath them. Uh, like the Tell one with Kira Knightley. Last night. Last night. Oh, okay. Uh. Nah, I, <laughs> I wasn't that optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would kill. Sorry, I'm gonna kill the love punch. Well, you gotta kill something. I've gotta watch. Again, <laughs> I'll watch again, reaching for the moon, and I would marry Locke just because the relationship stuff in reaching for the moon is a little bit 
too much for me. It's but a better so life. A better life, okay. A Which better life. With, yeah. Or like Not um, Demi and Bashir. Yeah. The Demi and Bashir one was better. Well, you were right that it had been another film before. Yeah. We're really specific there, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. You kill movies you haven't seen. Yes, we do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Watson. Busted. That's how we roll. <laughs> Watson. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um, reaching for the moon. Um, Miranda is close, but I'm going to err on the side of no. Uh, Love Punch. Uh, amazingly, um, Emma Thompson is close, but I'm urging on the side of no. Despite the, it's, uh And... Uh, Frenchie, I'm going to Hathaway Protocol because of the fringe. What? Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You She's seen in negligee in this film. You haven't film. seen her normally. She has a corset on. So? So does, so does Watson? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that. <laughs> how the thing is, though, I'm you? used to seeing I'm used to seeing her a certain way and that's not how I saw her. So, No. And what's the other one? Lock. Amazingly, Tom Holland's not making it. <laughs> so to what's in fact a, um, unbelievably of one. <laughs> um, the Poopo Range, we have Reaching for the Moon. Well, <laughs> it's a bit of a... Well, what oh, about the mayor? Fest. The politician. The mayor. The, uh, yeah, no, he's no, but... The, je- the governor, sorry. Yes. Yeah. The politician, no. that guy. No. Um, the Love Punch. There. Nice glasses, though. Oh yeah, yeah, nice classes. <laughs> the love punch, uh, the love punch. There is a young-ish guy at the end. Well, he's too young actually. So French no. guy. What? The French guy at the end. Yeah, he's a bit Louis Garrel, but like hmm. thinner, a lot thinner hmm. and less good looking. So Piers, I take no. it, is still a no. Well, Louis Garrel would be a no. So what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and how does the beard um, factor in the top? Magic, magic's a no. Sorry. Mm. Um, yeah. Lock, uh, the beards are a total yes for me. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no, no. Not above Melville. No, I like him with a beard, but not above Melville, no. So Cal's a 2.0. Yeah. And you take it you're not having uh, Piers Brosnan. <laughs> no, no. Maybe <laughs> so fifteen point. years ago. <laughs> Revington Steel. <laughs> Dante's Peak. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Um. What are we doing now? Um. What are you doing next week? We have a website. It's moveforpodcast.com We've got a Twitter at moveforpodcast we have a Facebook, which Irini has just now following, <laughs> which is in the move for podcast. Which is passiveaggression.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we have Transcendence. We might do Labour Day if any of us can be bothered, if we're, if we're that desperate. Mm. Irini, have you seen Transcendence? Uh, no, tomorrow, probably. Okay. I'm curious. We also have tracks. Yes, Yay. tracks is out. Can we? Shall we talk about tracks now rather than do it next week? Because we've got <laughs> two people who've actually seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. You, Cal's gonna like it, I think. So, we have plenty to talk about. 
Do I have to do it again? Didn't I talk about it before? We don't usually do this. You talked about it for like, well, I don't think it was more than five minutes because you had a lot to talk about. I did. I did. I'm, I'm going to sit again. Oh, wow. It's on, it's, on the, it's on the big screen on Friday, so. And I know someone wants to see it, so, which is um, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Reaching for the Moon is on a festival on Sunday. So, because you guys couldn't wait, I, I don't see it at the cinema now. Oh, it's Friday the 9th of May. Oh, okay. Dodge that bullet. Mm. <laughs> um, the Other Woman is out, huh. which is, is the it? Cameron Diaz, uh, oh, yes. Kate Upton, Leslie Mann film. That looks like the second coming of um, <laughs> screwball comedy. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Ben uh, Ben Hecht. It looks like a Ben Hecht classic. That one. <laughs> um, we have oh, the Tanoviches officially oh. out. Uh, really? A, an episode in the life of an iron picker. What a horrendous title. And we may do Labor Day, but are you really ignoring Spider Man? Yeah. No, I was gonna. No, I I was considering seeing it, but Cal gave me this list of pretentious indie stuff to watch online. Yes, but well, this, I'm sorry. <laughs> do not why? ignore the hair. How can you ignore the hair? Emma Stone's hair. No, Andrew Garfield's hair. <laughs> <laughs> With great hair comes great responsibility. Have you seen the meme? That's funny. Yes, he has the most. No, <laughs> I'll send it to you. <laughs> Uh, no, I, 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 I might see Spider Man just because we're not complete snobs. I, but I do are we keep not? on. I do complete. I do. I, I yeah. Well, you po- might po- be. I saw that po- you po- on, on, on Facebook. On Facebook, you did the. Um, are you a? Uh, was it? Was it? Are you a? Pretent- are you a pretentious film snob thing that you did? On yeah, Facebook? I got fifty-five. It's yeah, I got like thirty-three because I actually won't buy stuff that I think I'm, is going to be crap. <laughs> I, 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 there was actually one that um, uh, my ex step niece did, which was "Are you a hipster?" and I got three out of a hundred. <laughs> it's literally like click the things you like, and there's like a picture of like Starbucks or a picture of um, the Vampire Weekend album. And so I think the only three things I actually clicked as liking the stuff you're into was like the first Strokes album. Um, God, what else was there? Not much. Skateboards. Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr. <laughs> he really loves Tumblr. I do. Submarine. <laughs> the, submarine. I, don't, I can't get over Tumblr. It's just like a mass of pictures to me. Yes, but that's why it's addictive. That's... To figure out what it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? story today about the guy who proposed to his girlfriend by getting a personalised jigsaw puzzle of their, a photo of them together and putting will you marry me on it oh, and then God. he gave it to no. he gave it to her no <laughs> yeah no Just as they play your favorite songs, you're bound to do.
Between the notes, the beat goes round and 